Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. My name's Daniel. This is Jarrett. Say hello, Jarrett. Hello there. Um, it, have we talked about this before? <laughs> like, how long have we been doing this and we've only done 15 of them? I was just going to say, episode 15, we turned three years old in December. <laughs> episode 15, we're really steamrolling it. We're well, really killing and it. And really, to make matters like even more, even more of like a dagger to the heart of this particular program, is we both do other shit every week. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, and now we have our own thing that's going to come out, which we'll t- we should talk about that at some point. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's, we got to get better about this. But you know what? Sometimes there's just not a lot to talk about. Yeah, know? that's true. And, and then the, the big problem is we go, let's do these every month. And then something big will happen in the bone of suit world. And we go, oh shit, it's been four months. We should probably do that. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it would be, uh, so. We should, here's what we should do though. We should try to do one of these a month for the next few months and like try to get the dudes on here. So like try to have Chris Bernie on one. And uh, so we'll have to do it later. You'll have to stay up really late. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was, I was just going to say, I, I was listening to one of your other shows, one of your many shows, uh, Rockstar Dad Show. And you were saying, you said something about, oh, me, me and Chris text about this all the time. And I thought, I'm trying to think if I've ever text Chris while he was sober. It's usually like I will wake up to a text from him yeah. and he's high as fuck. Yeah. And it's like, it's 7am here. So I know he's up late as hell <laughs> and he's just makes no sense. That's sure. the only conversations I have with Chris. Well, you know, I mean, those are, those are the, those are the good kinds of conversations. I mean, of course I get into those with that. Usually during the day we talk about like, if there's anything going on, you know, in his life or whatever, um, which this year it's been quite not a lot. Hmm. And then once he gets rolling on the sauce, he starts texting. He just starts to pick apart like group texts and things like that with just random shit. And uh, it's probably for it's probably good though because there was a while there that his Twitter feed was terrifying. You know, like like like. So <laughs> there was a period of time where I, I may have talked about this before on this show. In fact, where the the band's official page on the Ticketmaster website. All the bands used to have a live Twitter feed hooked up and something had obviously gone wrong. And instead of the BFS Twitter feed, it was just Chris's was on like, if you clicked on Bowling for Soup on Ticketmaster, Chris's Twitter feed just populated the fucking page. Jesus. Yeah. And it was all just like super morbid, like, but I mean, he was fucking with people, but I mean that he was definitely getting a rise because I mean, when he was on that kick and it was, it lasted a good while, he, I mean, people were constantly like, dude, is Chris okay? You know, like, mm-hmm. is, and like, yeah, he's fine. He's just fucking with you guys. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> I, you know, he, he got into that whole anti-Semitism thing for a while. And, um, man, you know, I think, you know what shut that down? Trump. Like it, because mm. it wasn't really like he, he, it's not like he was, he says anything more outlandish than any other person commenting on what the fuck was going on in this country. You know what I mean? So like it, yeah. it, it, it became sort of this like less defending Obama and, and board just finding himself like, well, okay, I'm not the only one on this Island anymore. You know, that's just a theory. Yeah. Well, the whole world's changed, but we can talk about that on our new show, yeah. which is coming soon. That's right. Uh, coming soon. People, you guys can go ahead and um, find us on the, on the socials, it's we're just Jarrett and Daniel everywhere, right? Is that right? Jarrett That's and right. Daniel, not sitting in a tree. That's me and Kelly. 
Uh, but we do have a new podcast coming out called Jarrett and Daniel versus the world. And we are, um, we're having a blast with it guys. And if you're a fan of, of just like the bowling pursuit banter and how we are, and you're going to love this show because me and Daniel basically compare, uh, the United States and the UK in all areas of life. And the gloves are off. It's, it's yeah. relentless. Yeah, we, we, I mean, and that's just, when we talk about our own countries too, you know, it's like whatever, whatever we, we're going to, we just basically pointing out all kinds of shit and spouting random facts that we don't even know are real. That's true. It's like Wikipedia. If none of it was fact checked, that's what our show is. (laughs) Anyway, y'all look for that. You can go, you can find us on Facebook, Jarrett and Daniel. You can find us on Twitter, Jarrett and Daniel. We're not going to do an Instagram, right? Or yeah. Neither of neither of us have things that we should post online in digital form. Right. Um, <laughs> we, <coughs> let's do this show. Okay. So, Bowling for Soup in the news, uh, and we can lead into latest things that have happened with Soup and everything, because uh, that's going to kind of get there at the end of this. So, first thing is that uh, Radio Disney is ending uh, after, I believe... 25 26 years something like that man i just um, saw that in your notes and it like wow that is crazy and what the, what's even crazier about that is is i'm my friend robin jones is the one who actually started that station and you know it was here in dallas and it was just a really big deal for such a long time um so i i'm hmm. kind of curious as to what what she's thinking about that um and stuff so i need to reach out but you know, I mean, it's funny. You think about Radio Disney and and like how how un Disney like Bowling for Soup is, but somehow, you know, and and I all this credit goes to Robin. Um, you know, she heard Punk Rock 101 first, and she was like, "This is perfect for the station," you know, and and it did so good. And then 1985, it was like, "Hey, can you do a, a special version of this?" And I was just like, "I'll do a special version of the whole album," you know, <laughs> and. Uh, from then on, we, you know, I guess, well, I guess the next two records, so uh, Hangover and Burrito, we made you know, um, soft versions of both, you know, edited versions of both, where I not only bleeped the songs, but made up different words and stuff. But Radio Disney was great to us. Between uh, Punk Rock 101 and 1985, we had a song in the top five for almost two years. And, um, you know, you, you see that now when we go to play colleges here in America and things like that, and people in that, like, 22 you know so range where that was that demographic and they were hearing fucking um you know they were hearing uh sorry i i just was reading the chat uh they the, you know they're hearing 1985 and on the radio and they're watching phineas and ferb you know um yeah so uh it's a sad sad chapter but it's you know it's the way of the world these days right i mean i don't think anything is really safe um you know as far as progress is concerned no, I mean, I, I think I was just going to say that in the article you were named in a list of bands whose careers were really shot shot forwards by Radio Disney, and I was just going to ask to what extent you felt that was true. But I mean, it's you know, it, you've you've kind of summed it up there. Yeah. But definitely, that was a, a thing for in at least one one demographic was entirely developed by that. I guess you know, I mean, and and also we played their tenth anniversary show, and on that I've posted a picture of this before. I'll try to dig it up. I think I think Robin sent it to me um, a couple of years ago, but I'll I'll post this. But it's fucking crazy, dude. It's like Bowling for Soup 
and then little kid Jonas three before they're the Jonas brothers and uh, Miley as Hannah Montana and um, the fucking um, Allie and AJ before they're big time actresses and just all of these different Jesse McCartney's in there and, and just all of these little kids who, you know, a lot of them went on to do such insane things. But I'll, I will tell you one funny story about that. Um, is that they, Robin, again, she's a friend of mine and, uh, and, and someone who, you know, we've, we, we actually still stay in touch and talk and, you know, she's a program director at the time. So, you know, we're just bowling for soup and doing our bowling for soup shit. And so the, the, here we are doing this show in an arena, um, Staples center in LA. No, no, no. It was in Anaheim. I can't remember what the stadium is there. But um, huge, I mean, a fucking stadium, you know, like our kind of, like a basketball stadium. You know, your stadiums are like soccer stadiums, so that's, or arena. Yeah. So stadium. And um, anyway, so all of the dressing rooms are in this one wing except ours, which is literally halfway around the entire thing because we're bowling for soup. But one of the great things was is in walks Billy Ray Cyrus and he's just like, I heard bowling for soup was here. You know, he's like, we love you guys. And it was just like, this is fucking crazy. You know, like Billy Ray Cyrus telling us that in the, in the Cyrus mobile, you know, with, you know, the guy from Metro station and Miley Cyrus, everybody's singing along to bowling for soup songs. I mean, that's is therein lies the craziness of my life. Like that's the shit where I tell my wife those stories and she just goes my god your life is crazy <laughs> that's that car is the best way to describe the crossover effect that bowling for soup has it's just just that car it's just well what do you mean i mean you, you you say like metal guys like the band but then they're like comedy pop disney yeah just like all the cyruses mm. all the cyruses <laughs> they all like, we covered all the cyruses it's true <laughs> yeah i mean you know i always explain our demographic uh, and, and I think if you took like that car and download festival, you've just, you've, there's bowling for, what's your range? Well, our range is the entire Cyrus car and fucking <laughs> download festival between Godhead and, and, and anthrax. That's, there's our reach. <laughs> the Cyrus car would be a good name for an album. The Cyrus car is a fucking great name for an album, actually. Uh, so the next article that you guys got a name drop in was uh, bands people made you feel bad for loving. Now, this was actually the, the article was about how Pantera were all big fans of Nickelback mm. back in the day. Sure. Um, but then at the bottom, there was this list like other bands that people made you feel bad for loving. And I was like, a bowl of soup could be in this list because I saw you had been named in the article. I was thinking that doesn't seem right. But no, it was stained. And it said, the, the exact quote I've pulled from the article is, when Bowling for Soup are mocking you, vast amounts of the scene probably are too. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we do go for the, go for the, the, I mean, as far as like, um, oh, what do I want, pop culture, you know, mm. I mean, it, we're dropping, you know, even, and what's, you know, what's great about that comment is, like, if you take... Reese Witherspoon, She's a Prom Queen, Bill Gates, Captain of the Chess Team, Jack Black the Clown, Brad Pitt the Quarterback. That could fucking still hold up. That was, mm -hmm. two, I wrote that mm -hmm. shit in 2006. You know what I mean? Like, that's four, 15 years old, and like, we just nailed it. 
pop culture wise. Like it just fucking nailed it. Like people would give me shit over Reese Witherspoon, but I'll fucking I'll take that to the grave. She's lovely and so adorable. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, and and just to those of you who don't know the story, um, we spoofed Stained and the girl the bad guys want, obviously, and then a few years later, found ourselves parked next to them at Reading Festival and. He's out smoking a cigarette and just looking like the dude from Stained. Oh, that for of... sure was not a cigarette. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was very true. And my ex-wife actually went over and just goes, hey, my husband wants to take a picture with you. And uh, and so I half was just expecting him to tell me to fuck off. Mm. And he instead just comes and he just goes, so this uh, us burying the hatchet. And I go, dude, there's no hatchet. I don't have anything against you. He goes, I can understand you making fun of Limp Biscuit or, you know, like some of the other bands, but I just don't feel like, why are, why us? I said, you're the easiest target because you're the most recognizable. You're fucking on MTV all the time. I mean, like you, yeah. you represent that kind of music, whether you know it or not. And he was like, Okay, that's a fair point, you know, and uh, so we talked through it, and then he got Chris and Fro really, really high. So, um, and then uh, <laughs> told you it wasn't a cigarette. The um, and then their power went out during their set. Uh, this was at Reading, I think I said that already. Um, their power went out during their set, and he um, they managed to get like one mic working somehow, and so he sat down and played an acoustic song and started doing this Led Zeppelin song, and and I was standing side stage, and he. Just looked over and gave me a little wink. And from then on, I've just known that everything was going to be okay. And so it's been a while since then. You sure everything's <laughs> so far? I need my roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, it goes to the movies sound effect thing. <clears throat> the next article now, as we've briefly covered already, it's it's been a little while since we last did one of these. Uh, the sure. next article was about how at Christmas you... Uh, released a new single, uh, Corner Store on Christmas. So I just want to ask about, because that got covered in, in quite a few online news outlets. Right. Was there a, was it a deliberate decision like, let's let's kind of treat this like a re-release, or was it just, let's make sure we've got a video so there's some kind of video traction online? Yeah, so honestly, the, the way that publish, the publishers approach things are, are different than the way that bands do. And so I could see how, honestly, I've never even thought about this. So I, I actually am completely surprised by this question, which is awesome. But I, um, I need to get videos made for all of those songs because video is king. And especially, you know, these Christmas songs where everybody can sit and just watch them and put them on their playlist. And, and for two months, you know, you don't have a lot of competition out there, you know, as far as like airtime, because quite frankly, most people who do Christmas songs are fucking terrible at it, you know? And mm -hmm. so we happen to be pretty fucking good at it. And so I made this video for it and um I that was it. I mean, it was we're, we're hey, we made this video. So but the way that publicity people and this is not a, a, a strike against them. This is their job. Their job is to make that seem like it is new because quite frankly, mm -hmm. to the majority of the world, it is new. I mean, there's there's a bunch of people, you know, on the face on the obviously on the Facebook page, you know, which is our core audience and and, you know, some fans here and there. But quite frankly, you know, I could release a song off of um, Drunk Dynasty tomorrow with a video and 
three quarters or more of the posts will be like, oh, shit, new stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it's just a matter of like how that is treated. So the way that they treat it is they get a quote from it and they put it out there and it's a re sort of resurfacing of um, the, all of the Christmas songs, but you know, it gets some traction for that album or whatever, but it's definitely not like something where that, where we're going back going, hey, 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 let's make <laughs> people think that we've got something new out. You know, it's not like, it's not a piss take. Um, but I, I could see, especially in the United Kingdom, how it would be taken as that, because that's some fucking UK shit. That's some UK way to, way to fucking translate some shit right there. <laughs> Well, that's why you were surprised by the question, because I was like, that sneaky sort of a Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, that's not what I meant to do at all. That was totally not. No, it was, you know, I mean, the idea for me would be, honestly, um, I've started doing all these videos on Fiverr, and it's so cheap to do. And before, you know, it just costs so much money to do, especially these animated things and all that. So... You know, why not have a video for every Christmas song we've got? And people can make a playlist, and you can sit there and watch it. And they're all kid-friendly, and, you know, with with the exception of Anique Stole My Car, they're all, you know, you can just do your thing. Yep, I agree. That's a good plan. Uh, next up was just, I mean, just briefly, 10, alt, 10 alternative songs you wish you could hear for the first time. And I only mention this because I just thought, I don't think I've ever thought that about a song. Uh, and they... they said almost mm. was the song they wish they could hear again for the first time do you could you name a song that you wish you could hear again for the first time yeah um uh long live the queen by uh, frank turner i, I will uh, there are certain songs and and another one would be uh carry on by fun um there are certain songs that i remember hearing for the first time and just going what the fuck is happening yeah. right here? I mean, like, what musical fucking boner is is happening? And um, those would be two of those songs that did that for me. Like, <clears throat> they're songs that I, I literally could never get sick of. It's like, it's funny because I find myself being a fan of, I'm, I'm more of a fan than a friend of Frank Turner, obviously. And, uh, I mean, I just absolutely love his shit. And I find myself being like that kid that comes to my show and is like, they fucking didn't play Life After Lisa. You know, if they don't, play, if he doesn't play Long Live the Queen, uh, I'm like, God damn it. Why? You know, and then, but I understand he has his reasons. He played a different, you know, sort of emotional song yeah. during the thing or whatever. And, um, but yeah, I, I totally can see that. I was very, um, I was very happy that they picked Almost because I actually would agree with that that would be the song. And here's why that song does you don't really know what the fuck is going on it first of all there's this really cool hook at the beginning of it and then the verse you're like almost this and almost that and you're like the hell is he talking about and then just the payoff is that big almost had you and it's just so sailing and whimsical and awesome and then you know it, it and just people love that i remember um when we uh when we first released that just everybody would come in and be like can you do the threw it away part you know like you know, just like standing in the coffee shop, you know. Hey, can you do the threw it away part? <laughs> I'm not your monkey. I'm not. I don't Man, just... I was I was watching a, a YouTube clip the other day. It was Nirvana watching back people talking about their new album. 
and there was just this one kid who's holding the CD and he was going, yeah, um, I, I really liked, I think it was track 13, track nine, I wasn't so happy about. And I was just like, <laughs> I've not heard anyone say track nine for yeah, so long. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny. That's an interesting thing that probably is gone now. But I, I remember, I mean, like, think about Green Day, for example. If you go back to like Green Day songs, you don't know what any of those fucking songs are called. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You mm -hmm. do now because you have to stream them. But when they were just on a fucking, on an album, you didn't know that that song was called Artemis Shanks. You know, like that, yeah. that it just because their titles are so, well, I don't know that they do that anymore. I mean, I think pretty much now their, their titles are just kind of like what the song is. But for many, many years, and Bowling for Soup used to do that too, right? Like scope, what the fuck does that mean? And so people were like, you know, play track three. <laughs> and they would say that shit at shows. <laughs> You know, like play, play the song after, after almost, you know, isn't that nineteen eighty five? So fun. And, and, and f file sharing never yeah. helped with that either. Cause you would go on like LimeWire, download track two. Yeah. Like that's what it would be fucking labeled. 100%. As. And you know that that's my theory on why we got credit for Stacy's mom, right? I think it oh, got, for yeah, sure. I think it got mislabeled in some LimeWire, and that song fucking caught on, and that song got downloaded, uploaded by millions of people, and it was coming up on people's players as Bowling for Soup. And I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty, that's got to be it. I, I downloaded that same version because I saw it and I thought I didn't know Bowling for Soup had covered this song, and I downloaded it and I was like, no, that's just Fountain to Win again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I'm super intelligent, so that's why that well, that's why they go yeah, like you, that for you me. Fucking figured it out right away. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the final the final thing that's been covered in the news is obviously the tour dates being rescheduled, and so. People did have some questions, but let's talk a little bit about that, and maybe you'll cover them. Yeah, um, you know, and and again, I I want everybody to know that, and and I've I've said this, and I'm out there saying this. It's not that I, you know. Again, we we didn't know this in December, and like and held on to it. There was always this hope that it was still going to happen, and around the second week of January, I guess, is when all of a sudden I get this text, and it's like, okay we're doing this and here's what we're going to do and here are the new proposed dates, but we've got to finalize, you know, so I think everybody has to understand that, that anybody who was upset that we waited so long, you have to understand all of the work that goes into rebooking that tour, having to make sure that all of the, the venues are available and this and this, and we can make this and this work. Um, so they did the best they could. I, I was literally on the phone with them every day going, you've got to fucking, you've got to announce this, man. Everybody's like, you know, they're, it's, it's all the talk. Anyway, that, that out of the way, um, rescheduled the May tour. Um, there are, um, some blanks in the schedule and we don't take days off. So I'll leave that to you guys to decipher what you think is going to be happening. But, um, I, museum uh, tours. Museum tours. Yeah, we're gonna hit the Manchester United locker rooms again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I. Uh, by the way, have you seen that show Ted Lasso? No, because it's it's Apple TV, right? Oh. And I, that's the one I don't have. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that shit from the internet sometime, dude. I'm not. It I'm not. is so fucking great, and it's and one of the most fantastic things about it that you will so appreciate is like it's this dude from Kansas and there he is just fucking you know experiencing the UK for the first time and he 
you know, it's just all of the same shit that we talk about. Like, okay, well, they've got yeah. a different word for this and a different, you know, our English and their English isn't the same thing. But it's just, it's really, 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 really good. It's a, it's like, it's the happiest fucking show of all time. It, every episode makes you feel better than the next. Anyway. Are you saying they stole our show before we got to release our show? I think they show? might have. These motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> the show is scheduled for next year. Um, I... I guess I sh I'm going to go ahead and put off the rumors that there is a Christmas show this year. It's not going to happen. And that is not, um, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do it. Apparently the problem is availability. Everybody is rescheduling for later this year. And it just, it just didn't make sense. It, it, we weren't going to be able to put a tour together. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I can tell you from in my day job, we kind of heard, the back end of last year that 2021 was already fully booked yeah and 2022 there's almost nothing left yeah. worldwide that's exactly so right. yeah yeah it's a fight like we, well i mean to be honest if you want to know if people want to know how it works you you go in and if somebody has let's say brixton booked and you go in you challenge that date and go all right we're gonna fucking do that shit and you know it's it's like a whole thing like this you know this battle of the agents goes on and you, whoever has yeah. the biggest dick gets in you know and i think it you know i think we it, if we're going to do this show then you probably should kind of talk about those things that are a little bit more behind the scenes without getting into any kind of name calling or nitty gritty just i think this the purpose of this show is so people can hear about more behind the scenes of the band but certainly stuff like this comes up and you know, I mean, the, the there was obviously a lot of hate online, and, and I say a lot of hate. I mean, there, there, there's been a lot of hate music industry wide for not doing this and not saying this quick enough and not doing that. Yeah. yeah. And the what the one thing I would say the the biggest example I would ever give you about how how slow paperwork works and how finite everything in the industry has to be is. The day that Michael Jackson died, you could not get a refund for your tickets because the promoter had not canceled the event yet. Mm, right. You had to wait for the promoter to cancel the sure, event. Yeah. And if if Michael Jackson can be dead and you can't get a refund, <laughs> then things are gonna take a little yeah. take a little bit of time. Well, okay. Because you know, people have to figure shit out. Yeah, that's all. You 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 have to I think that we all <laughs> I think we all sort of get into a routine now and we st and and it's easy to forget that we're just in unprecedented fucking times and uncharted waters and like there's no playbook for this. Like there's no yeah. like us scheduling that tour in May was a fucking roll of the dice and we knew it. But it was like shit, if we're going to roll the dice, let's do it and fucking let's be the if we can be the first ones out of this thing, let's do it. You know, obviously we scheduled that a year ago, you know? And it's like, you know, you start to get close to it and it's like, okay, well, you know, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think, um, I don't, I definitely don't mind giving a look inside of things and I'm definitely also not deferring blame. If I, I, I think you as, as anybody, I, I think you would attest to the fact that if something's my fucking fault, I'll just say it like, yeah, that I fucked that up or whatever. And I would, um, I always have the fans' best interest, interest in mind and want everybody to know everything. But I'm not the fucking, you know, I, I, there's somebody who is talking to 
all of the venues and there's somebody that's talking to all of the promoters who aren't the same people a lot of time, by the way, guys. So there's a whole fucking bureaucracy and hierarchy and all of this shit of all this information and like just one club, by the way, one bar or one venue came out and announced early and then it was like, oh, fuck, Jesus Christ. You know, now it's a whole thing. You just want everybody to be on the same page so it makes it easy for everybody. But, you know, and if, all you've got to think about is if you've ever been sat in work and you've got an email and you've thought, I'll, ju I'll go make a coffee and I'll reply to that right after. For every going and making a coffee that happens in that chain. Yeah. Five minutes, five minutes longer is gone, <laughs> yeah. and there's four thousand people involved in, in yeah, getting the tour totally. booked. So, yeah. like for every person who's sitting in a venue somewhere who goes, "I'll get to that in just a minute. I've got to do something else first. Then suddenly there's another delay. Or yeah. as you say, one venue goes, "Oh shit! I thought you said tomorrow. Oh, it's too late. I've put it on the internet now. Now every <laughs> single person in the world knows." <laughs> yeah. Well, I I will say this: we're very much looking forward to it. I mean, I'm I'm thinking our first shows back. Um, I mean, we, we might have another live stream. Uh, I'm hoping we have another live stream. I've talked about this. My plan is to try to have a, a live stream from Lava Cantina in June. Uh, it'll be very limited tickets. 250 people, I think is the max and that's super safe social distancing tables and shit. Um, uh, and it'll be, you know, a few tickets on sale and, and then invites and stuff, you know, <clears throat> family and friends and all that shit, but stream it to the world. Um, and uh, have a 27th birthday party. And then after that, we have those shows that were booked uh, up in the Northeast last year uh, that a bunch of people were going to go to, and they didn't happen, Atlantic City and those. Um, those are still looking like they're going to happen. So we're hoping everybody's getting, you know, vaccines that's going to get vaccines, and that, you know, by, the, by that point, we can actually fit everybody in there and do some rock shows. Fingers crossed. So let's let's move on. Uh, Bone soup in history. So today is the sixteenth of February as we're recording this, and it's <clears throat> the day in history is actually a day after we'd already started recording the podcast. So it's going to get super meta, and we're going to be just looking back on ourselves all the time. Got but, it. Uh, Bone soup's first ever headline arena show in Cardiff was sixteenth of Feb, twenty eighteen. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? That seems about you normally. I thought, I thought you were going to say that it was like longer ago than that. Like I can live with that. That doesn't seem like that long ago, but what a night. That was great. It was great fun. It was us and the Aquabats army of freshmen. Um, is that it? Just three bands? I think, uh, it was, is that right? I think so. Yeah. Or Lacey, maybe Lacey. Did they play? No, I don't No, I don't okay. think so. Does anybody in the comments know what we're talking about? Anyway, uh, that was a great, great fun show. And it was super cool to be able to, to say that we did that, that we, you know, and, and we were coming back off of that Steel Panther tour that we had done arenas together on. Um, and uh, so that was, you know, that was great. Fun. I mean, that's one of those, th again, it's, it's one of those deals where you just go, yeah, we've headlined an arena, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, who can fucking say that? So it feels pretty yeah. damn good. Do you think there's many of those firsts left for you guys? Yeah, because it just kind of keeps happening, you know? I mean, you know, there's that and there's, um, you know, I mean, I've got a fucking double platinum single, you know? And, and uh, so, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think at every corner, 
you know, you can always still accomplish things. You know, I mean, I, 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 um, there's still a few, few bucket list things out there for me. I mean, I'm not into discovery. So like, it's not like places to see or any shit like that. Like, I don't give a fuck about anything else. Like I, I've seen so much shit and it's like, I feel bad because my wife is 18 years younger than me and she wants to go and fucking, you know, see this and see that. The great thing is, is that she's also badass and just goes, hey, I know you don't want to ever go to Paris again. So I'm going to go with my friend and I'm like, go have a fucking great time. Stay away from the gypsies, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's what we do. So, um, I, uh, and, and to all you people in Paris, I'm sorry. I just don't like it. <laughs> it's just a shitty, stinky, smelly fucking place. And I, 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 f- <laughs> I feel like it's, we're, at, <laughs> we're at the stage where everything we try and record, you talk about that. It's too much oh, now. It's, no. it's, have it's I, going over the top. Am I overplaying my <laughs> hatred of fucking France? <laughs> it's it's like it's like you know it's a joke, but someone somewhere is gonna not know it's a joke. Yeah, That's somebody somewhere is taking it super serious or whatever and doesn't know that it's a bit. I mean, of course uh, I would come to Paris and play a show. I just don't And they're they're, they're yeah. like documenting like so he said this on this show and then on this show he, <laughs> he, he re-upped his opinions. <laughs> if I ever do go back there, I I won't be able to do press. Cause it'll all be just answering for shit that I've said, being a fucking asshole. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was, you just say it was, it's a, a language barrier. It's, yeah, oh, that's no, not no. what I meant. Yeah. It's like in the eighties when bad meant good, you know, like it's, it's the whole thing. Uh, right. BFS on camera and the fan page this time around wants to hear about the bitch song video. Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, you talk about firsts. I mean, that was two days of just... I'm kids in a candy store. You guys have that that saying yeah. over there where yeah. just... I mean, you know, we flew into Los Angeles and never forget this. We we round this corner and we're, we're filming in the old L.A. County Jail, which is a abandoned prison, so to speak, and... They use it for filming. So, you know, it's funny. Every once in a while, there'll be a, a scene in a movie, and I'll be like, ah, that's it, you know, or something like that. And uh, specifically the one where we're, like, walking um, with our clothes and stuff. Like, you see that scene, that that shot in a lot of movies um, from that particular place. But um, we pulled around the corner and just a fucking taxi, you know, I think. And uh, there's just all these trucks and just all of this shit. And and uh, I think I think it was Eric was like, who's all this for? What's going on in here? And uh, and <laughs> and somebody goes, this is for you guys. We're like, what? And so we walk in <laughs> and there, that video had like tons of extras just so this they have a they basically where they would have would set up the uh, the the cafeteria wherever they eat. People are just there. All the tables are full and there's just actors in there just practicing lines and doing yoga and shit. And, you know, there's a, a bunch of the dudes who played other prisoners or playing cards and, you know, all this shit. It was just it was nuts. And then, um, you know, again, it's it's like you, <laughs> you you there's this weird thing that happens to you when you're doing a, a big budget video, which we've I guess we've done four or five. I mean, you know, once we got past high school, never ends. Uh, it was it was a lot of penny pinching, um, and uh, some of the some of the, some of the videos that we made were pretty you know commando style, um, but you know bitch song 
what you know we did it up punk rock 101 um almost uh but you, you go in and there's just this fucking table full of food you're like, okay, uh, is it cool if I grab one of these? And they're just like, yeah, you're paying for this. You know, this is uh, <laughs> this is you guys. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take some back to the room then, I guess. Um, but, you know, and then uh, so that day was just crazy. And then um, in the prison, uh, the one of the one of our favorite stories to tell is we got um, when they did the thing where they throw the powder on us to de-louse us. Um, they, they wanted it to stick. So somebody had the fucking idea to like Vaseline us up and then throw the powder on us. Well, what that did was it basically made it into like a paper mache kind of thing. And so we literally had to go, this is a true story. We went to prison showers, no shit. And had to literally scrape it off of each other. Like you could, because it was in every crevice of you. So like, it's one, you know, we've taken a lot of showers as a group. We think that shit's funny, but we were literally washing each other because you just, you could not get it off. And it was just disgusting. Now to make it worse, they go, all right, guys, uh, everybody, y'all take a little break or whatever. Then let's, uh, let's run through all that again. And you're just like, uh, maybe not do the Vaseline this time. You know, um, but uh, but great fun. It, it was a it, and that was our first time working with Smith and Boren, who had just previously done I'm Just a Kid uh, by Simple Plan and went on to do several Simple Plan videos and a uh, um, bunch of Bowling for Soup videos. And Frank went on to be a, a director on that show 24. And so uh, just, you know, is definitely a lot of those moments of just like holy shit, this is fucking crazy, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, but great fun. Great fun video to make. And next up is the story behind the song and the fan page want to hear about I'm Gay. About the song? I'm sorry, I missed the first part of the question. Yes, the lyrics behind. Got it. The, okay. They want to hear the story thought, behind the lyrics. You thought I was fucking with you there for a second. I thought you. Were, I thought you were making a joke. Yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't. I for some reason I I started reading the chat room again and I I missed the. Oh right. Uh, I, lyrics. I thought you were like. Oh, I'm sorry. You cut out something about you're gay. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I thought that's what you. I thought you were doing a bit like that. <laughs> I uh. So my kid was um. Well, I guess she was about three or four. Well, she'd have been about four at the time. And uh, I was writing songs for that record, and um, we watched a lot of Mary Poppins, you know. And so um, in Mary Poppins, she talks about, um, you know, uh, how the robin is gay and, you know, feathering its nest and shit or something like that. And I was just like, man, what a wacky thing of like, that's just one of those words where it really does mean happy. But, you know, it's like then it is representative of people who are homosexual and then it's used as a derogatory term, you know, to, to as far as things go as well. You know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, I mean, why not just write a song where you just use the word in its fucking original context, you know, um, but while also not. You know, the the idea was not to offend anybody as well, uh, which was which had to be carefully done lyrically. 
also, like, I don't think all bands could have gotten away with it. Like, I think it's one of those deals where you and I talk about this all the time. It's just like, if I say shit, people just instinctively at first think I'm joking, no matter what. You know, like, it's always yeah. Yeah. like, and and then it takes me a second to convince you, no, seriously, the fucking shower is on fire. Like, and I don't even know how that's possible, but it is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've said this before that that it's it always used to be the case that Eric could make a joke on stage and yeah. just completely bomb, yeah. and the next night you make the same joke yeah. and everybody laughs, and it's just just the thing about your delivery, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, it's just, and again, it's just, it's about, it's all about personality, and, and yeah, as you said, delivery, and 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 again, history of of saying random ass shit, you know. Um, yeah. But so anyway, I. Um, you know, when I st I literally wrote that song, I'll never forget this. Army of freshmen were coming to get me in my hotel room. I was staying in uh, West Hollywood, and we were actually going to see, I got invited to go see the Cars, but when they were called the New Cars, and it was the first performance ever with Todd Rundgren singing. And so that's a whole bunch of musical shit that not a lot of people are going to get. But if you picked up on any of it, you know who the cars are and Todd Rundgren and, and, and all that. It's a pretty big deal. And um, so anyway, they were on their way to get me. And I was just like, man, I just wrote the fucking like this anthem of a song. And, you know, I, I think what's funny about that song is usually I would uh, I would usually ad lib that. You don't have to be sad anymore. You don't have to be mad anymore. You can all join hands and do ring around the freaking Rosie. Like I wrote that like I did it. You, normally I would mm -hmm. ad lib that kind of thing. But I, I, I just I was on such a roll when I was pinning that thing and, and like actually putting it to paper, um, that it, the, all of that, everything, none of it is, is at, none of it's ad-libbed. I mean, it, it's, it's made to sort of sound like it is like a big pep talk, but it's, um, I had all that written on the paper. So, um, you know, I, and, and if, uh, funnily enough too, that song was written on acoustic guitar as, as are all of my songs. And I go back to, and listen to that and I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? <laughs> you know, like I'm not even really sure how I pulled that off. You know, like how did I come away with this song off of that guitar? You know, it's pretty crazy. So the section where, um, I'm trying to find the, the, lines uh where you you say uh it's perfectly fine to be a happy individual and then you say chris gary you guys want to join in yeah was that like how how does that get written is that that's something that's written you're in the studio and you're like oh this would be funny or in advance you knew you were going to say to them do this uh in the studio i thought it would be funny so um i basically what that and and it's playing off of a of a of a, of a certain dynamic too like eric um and and Rob is actually like this too. Uh, they're both they're very attentive to what it is I'm doing and saying, especially if we're in the creative mindset or whatever. Uh, Chris and Gary now listen to me more than they used to, but a lot of a lot of times they're just sort of like, okay, you know what what is it we're doing, you know, kind of thing. I don't really know how to explain it other than like it was like Eric would be excited to do whatever we were doing, and Gary and Chris were like let's get this over with kind of thing. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, when we, when I say this, it'll be funny if just Eric says it. And then I'm like, Chris, Gary, you know, and so that part is actually ad libbed, but yes, it was written to be that way. Um, 
you know that 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 was the idea of was was just having an excited Eric because even he sounds like that. He's like, it's perfectly fine to be a happy individual, and he's just like, you know, he, it's just. But that just so describes like how that relationship. It, you know how Eric and I, you know, were musically at the time, and you know, again, Rob is, as you know, he's so that character now of like just like whatever. I'm just like, well, we should do this song. Yeah, let's work it up right now. Let's go. You know, I mean, even more so, I think, just because he's got youth on his side. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that that was all, you know, in studio and and done, and they fucking nailed it too. I mean, I I love the uh. Uh, yeah, buddy. Like that that Gary says in that song, you know, like uh, it's really funny. Uh, next up is what is Jarrett listening to right now? Well, here's the thing. I'm listening to a lot of myself. Um, I have 10 country songs written for my new country record, um, which I guess I'm announcing here. Uh, it All of that is being um, music is all being done in Nashville. Zach Malloy from the Nixons is going to produce it. And I'm fucking stoked. It's a genuine fucking country album. And uh, I'm I, I, I'm over the moon about it. I think if you like my songs and you're even not a country person, like if you like things like uh, Drink a Beer on a Sunday and All Figured Out, uh, it'll be right up your alley. Um, so yeah, um, those that's all written. Bowling for Soup stuff. Uh, I, I actually just did a cover of a Descendant song with a, with a band and that'll be out soon. Uh, another one of those sort of like um, uh, tribute bands, and they get a different singer each time. And I, um, we're I'm, I'm singing on the new record. Actually, we we know what the first single is going to be now, and the video is already done, which is fucking exciting as shit um, for the new record. And then um, we're gonna we're gonna finish the um, got I got to finish the greatest hits. So um, the second greatest hits, but so honestly, I've just been listening to myself a lot. Um, I did, me and Linus did just produce, uh, a song for this girl that was on American Idol called Harper Grace. And, uh, that song will be coming out before you know it. And, um, you know, I've got, I've got a few things going on with Liv and Gigi from Not Your Girlfriends. So I've been listening to them too, but quite honestly, I mean, I don't really have the time to just go listen to stuff. And, and this year hasn't been that because I'm not in my car ever. You know, so yeah. I, um, you know, that's sort of the time when I'm by myself or listening. And um, I, uh, so again, I, it, selfishly, it's just been all shit that I'm working on. Well, that, um, only ever listening to yourself just sums you up, I guess. It really does, right? It's uh, it's just definitely one of those things. You know, it's funny. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, you and I talk about how, you know, we talk about it on the show of how busy I keep myself and all that. And, uh, I, it's, it's really funny once you're inside my world and you're just like, not even surprised that I just said, I've already written a country album, you know, and, and like, and nobody's even heard of, heard about it or whatever, you know, because this is the kind of thing where my manager's just like, okay, all right. Um, well, <laughs> had no idea you were even doing that. Yep. Um, but I, I'm, I'm super stoked about it and, uh, it's legit and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to like, actually um you know try and play a few shows and and uh and all of that you know i think it's a it's a cool way to do something outside of bowling for soup but still um you know kind of keep that whole thing sacred i mean i've done enough fucking side projects at this point you know it's, it's time to do something kind of a little selfish and so i've always wanted to do a country album so i'm doing it sounds good uh we've got a little bit of time left to ask questions from the fan page so 
I've got here, Rory Jordan asks, if you could live in any TV show, movie, or book universe, mm. what one would you choose and why? Jeez Louise, that's so hard. Uh, live in any TV oh, universe. Man, I don't, I, that is so difficult. I, um, I, I don't know a good answer to that question. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't ever think about that kind of thing. It never even crosses my mind. Um, I would probably go back to some 80s sitcom, you know, where, like, all your problems are three minutes long, you know, and, and then it's all fucking worked out by the time it's over and everybody just goes back to what they were doing before, you know. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that would be, you know, some sort of a thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind living in a, in a Quentin Tarantino movie for a couple of days, but I think the anxiety would get to me after a while. If you're only in a quentin tarantino movie for a couple of days you're not going to get any there's not going to be the chance to loop back on yourself or anything you're not, <laughs> yeah you're no you're so right it's a good point yeah i mean i don't know unless you're unless it's reservoir dogs that movie takes place all in pretty quick that's true amount of time. uh joe tasker said if i give you five pounds can you email me some cool folk songs uh man i need to i say this every time somebody brings it up um I need to just get that stuff out and have it remastered and and just put it in the world. Um, I know I did on an earlier Bowling for Soup podcast, like back in the day, like, I mean, fucking 10 years ago when I first started doing yeah. the Bowling for Soup podcast. I think I put a Gary and the Wiseman song up and a Cool Fork song up. Um, and if, if you ask in the fan page, someone will have that because it was on a podcast and everyone's taking that stuff from the yeah. podcast and, and posting it. So definitely it's out there somewhere. I know the audio wasn't very good. Um, I know it was a uh, pretty shitty, uh, you know, transfer of tape. And uh, to be fair, the Gary Wiseman stuff was on CD. So, you know, this is that, that, that shit sounds great, but we, we weren't, uh, we weren't quite there yet back in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone can blame you. Uh, Lucas Zapparoli asks, um, and it, obviously we've covered most of the Tory scheduling stuff, but just asked, uh, did it? Was there ever a point in your mind where you considered canceling the whole thing? Canceling the what? The tour in May? The, the tour instead of rescheduling it, canceling it? Yeah. Um. No, because I I know what that's fucking like for everybody to try to get their money back and all that shit. I mean, I I I, I get it. No, I mean, and also I I don't know I. I'm tired of canceling stuff, man. I mean, it, it almost fucking drove me crazy just, you know, going back a year ago and we're coming back home from the UK and we've got one more show left. And then all of a sudden, everything instead of popping up on my calendar is disappearing. Um, that had a really bad, big impact on me. And mentally, I wasn't doing very well. So quite frankly, I, I, I don't I don't want to take shows off the fucking calendar you know like i i if if we have to move them let's move them but i'm i'm fucking ready to see my friends again you know uh oliver jensen asks do you have any plans to play a show in denmark at any point and i guess looking can extend that to europe overall really um so there are talks um about what it would take to get us to be able to do that and it's very possible that's all i can really say i mean Really, what we need, because Bowling for Soup just hasn't been over enough to go on our own um, and make it financially viable. But a good package, uh, meaning you know, not my penis, but like a good, like a, a a group of bands to go over together, um, is certainly 
in talks. And, and you know, honestly, I, I went to Europe on my acoustic tour a couple of years ago, and the shows were fucking bonkers. I mean, it was amazing. Not, I, remember that one show in Germany where you, they literally were hanging out the door? It was fucking insane. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was it was a, it was a good day, but there was there was definitely a couple of touch and go moments <laughs> yeah. where it was like, is this going to happen? Is yeah. this show going ahead? <laughs> yeah, agreed. But yeah, I uh, I hope so. I I um I hope so. Uh, Kieran Bell says, and this is a great question. What was your favorite concert growing up, and what was your favorite concert as an adult? Okay, uh, favorite concert growing up, um. So I, I, man, I went and saw, I mean, I guess I've got to throw it to, you know, one of the first really big arena shows I ever saw was Motley Crue and Whitesnake. And I mean, you know, I was still young enough. I think I was in junior high. I, I was still young enough to where it's just like, you're, you're freaking out. Cause you're seeing the dudes who are on television, you know? And like, I heard what that felt like was just fucking so magical, you know? And, and, and then after that, I saw so many bands, you know, but my mom had to like drive us down for that show and, you know, and all of that. Um, so I would say that one probably <clears throat> is my favorite as a kid. Um, man, that or night Ranger came actually came to Wichita falls and I was even younger and that was pretty fucking great. But, um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Motley Crue and white snake um, as an adult, uh, you know, I make no bones about this. I, the first time I saw Slipknot, I, I couldn't believe, again, I, I realize I go to this phrasing a lot, but I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like I really, it was like a Broadway show that punches you in the face over and over. Like I could not believe what I was seeing and hearing. I, it was, it was magic. Like, I don't even think you have to like that kind of music to go to a Slipknot sh show and just be like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. So uh, me and Gary were walking around uh, Reading Festival that first year. And I remember that uh, Corey was on stage and he's just like, you know, our record just went, our fucking record just went fucking gold in the fucking UK. You know, and uh, everybody just loses their shit. And then they played fucking five one five six 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 and shit and people are throwing shit and it was crazy amazing so that so that's the first time you saw slipknot was what like 2004 or something one i think i i think like uh 2000 and i'm pretty sure it's 2001 or two uh but holy yeah. shit but yeah, see I, now now it's like a Broadway fucking musical. Yeah. Now it's like all the fucking lights and circus shit and everything. So fast forward about probably to 2004 actually. Uh that sounds about right. Fast forward to that, I wanted to go out and see them play in the front and I was unaware that I couldn't physically do that anymore, you know what I mean? Like I mm -hmm. I I was unaware of the fact that we would cause more problem being in the audience than we would if we went and watched from side stage. And uh, yeah. I, I, we were stood there watching and it created such a fucking, just a bustle that security came over and they were like, you have to fucking leave. Get the fuck out of here. You know, you're, <laughs> you're doing no one any favors here. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, I, I, you know, I just wanted to come and watch, you know, so obviously I know the secrets now and, and where to go and, and all of that. And some, you know, you can, you, you always get to the soundboard or whatever if if you want, but um, yeah, that fucking show blew me away. 
Michael Price asked, can we get the BFS fan page in a lyric in a new song? And he gives an example here that he thinks will go well. Uh, 20 minutes till we go on stage, one less check on the BFS fan page. And he also wants to point out that he's not a professional lyricist. <laughs> I think that was obvious just by the uh, reading. Of, no, I, I kid. I, I like it. I, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> 20 minutes before I go on stage, I am not on Facebook. I can tell you that. Um I am uh there's a chance that I'm I'm taking a picture of somebody's balls to put on Instagram or something but um no usually I am uh probably pounding freaking delicious Gary's uh trying to wake up but um I like it. I'll try to do that. I'll try to get the BFS fan page in um I will say this. Um on the new record there are several references to our career and our fa and our fans and i i will say that that's the first thing we think of when when bowling for soup thinks of our fans we think of the fan page and the people there and this thing that fiona created you know eight nine years ago and now you know over eight thousand people strong and seriously the backbone to our whole fan base and so um, just the fact that we get to do this podcast for you guys and, and the whole rest of the world gets to hear it and realize that they're not on the winning team if they don't go join the fan page. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a big deal. So look for the, you'll, you'll hear those references. I didn't say the fan page exclusively, but I do. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of non cheesy reminiscing on the new record. Uh, and also on my country shit too. You'll, you'll hear, uh, you'll hear some stuff on there. Uh, Daniel, I am going to have to go to, I'm doing um, that one time on tour podcast now. Um, and so everybody can check that out coming up. But uh, there you go. Do you want to plug some stuff? Yeah. Uh, obviously, find our new show, Jarrett and Daniel, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, and that'll be out in the next few weeks, hopefully. And find me everywhere. Daniel Cotton from Twitter, all one word. I'm especially big on twitch at the moment twitch.tv slash daniel cotton from twitter so that's me how about a hangover you don't deserve podcast and well if you search my name in full it brings back everything okay, but yeah, yeah we do a hangover you don't deserve podcast that's me and my best friend sophie we talk about getting drunk and hangovers and just kind of everything we want to talk about really go to my new website jarrettreddick.com i'm super proud of it it's got like a bunch of voiceover stuff that i uh, am doing that you might not even know i do and you can go hear me doing commercials and stuff it's pretty fun uh, merch merch stores are all there and all of my social media and all of that even links to my podcasts so um, that's pretty much it i'm at jarrett j a r e t 2113 everywhere else and obviously please follow bowling for soup wherever and the dudes and uh, with that hiccup daniel I think we should say sayonara. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everybody. See y'all later. Mm -hmm.